When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Manchester United entered yet another mini-crisis during Jose Mourinho's time in charge of the club and, and everyone is beginning to get a bit, a little bit sick of it. Uh, words spoken to, to whip up stories in the media. A manager has seemingly genuinely taken offence at an Instagram story. A manager who seems to be proving his critics right rather than wrong every day. Uh, and I suppose Mourinho just doesn't seem to learn from his mistakes. It was Sergio Ramos and, and Ike Casillas at Real Madrid, Eden Hazard, Diego Costa and Seth Fabregas at Chelsea, and now Paul Pogba at Manchester United, who he's managed to have a fight with. Players who do not usually go against their managers on or off the pitch, but suddenly do so under Mourinho. Jack, a draw which was almost undeserved against Wolves on Saturday before another draw against Derby, which was certainly undeserved to get us to penalties. And then, of course, Phil Jones missed because, well, who else? <laughs> Chances missed, but not many made. And not everything is Mourinho's fault. Not everything is Woodward's fault. Not everything is Pogba's fault. But Mourinho is... is I mean, being honest, Mourinho is where, where the buck stops. And he knows that. And so do, so do all United fans, I think. You can't sack a squad. And while you could technically sack Woodward that's not going to happen because it would it would rely on Ed Woodward sacking himself so are we Mourinho out or in at this stage Jack it's almost neither honestly at this point I'm I'm airing very very close to being Mourinho out I think this is these last two games probably the first time that I've really really thought about sort of finally joining the Mourinho out side of of United fans um I don't. I don't think I am quite Mourinho out fully yet, but I don't think it's going to take much to to get me there because what annoyed me what annoyed me about the last two games in particular was well, a few things. First is that it came off the back of two or three actually pretty good games after the Spurs game where our performances improved. We got some good results. Things seemed to be looking up. We had some players coming back coming back from injury, and you know everything generally seemed like it was going in the right direction. Then you have a quite frankly dismal performance against Wolves where we were completely dominated in the first half and should have been behind. 
it was only really a, a moment of magic from Pogba to set up Fred's goal that stopped us from being behind and some, some good saves by De Gea. And then the second half, as we have done, I, I, I can't even tell you how many times under Mourinho, yet again sat back on a lead, didn't go and try and kill the game off, was willing to just sit back and let Wolves do what they want. And this time, instead of the, instead of the opposition equalising in the last 10 minutes, it only took them 15 or 20 minutes after half-time to equalise. Um, and, it, and it wasn't particularly surprising to me to see Wolves score. They completely deserved their goal. They totally deserved a point, if not more, from the game. And then last night against Derby, we're recording this on Wednesday, the day after. Last night against Derby was pathetic, to be honest. That's pretty much the only word I can I can think about for it. In fact, I, I, let me uh, actually be more precise than that. It was pathetic after the first three minutes. <laughs> because the goal that we scored yeah. was probably the best team goal we've scored in a long time. Maybe since Martial's against Stoke on the on the counter-attack a couple of seasons yeah. ago. And and that that was great to watch. It's just the kind of football that we want want us to what, what we want to see us play. And as soon as that goal went in, we went in as well into our shells. It was just terrible. We yet again didn't control. It was the, the same as a, against Wolves as well. It was kind of the same game in two slightly different forms. Wolves yeah. was score reasonably early, but against the run of play already, even though it was only 15, 18 minutes in. Then offer very little apart from Fred's free kick just before half time then sit back allow them into the game and then show as Mourinho said pride and desire after they equalise great Derby score very early offer nothing at all other than that allow them into the game by playing at this low intensity not creating anything um, and then show as Mourinho said again pride and desire after they equalise other than the fact that I mean I cannot see any particularly pride or desire from anyone in the United team I mean, no one cares. It's, it's the same every game. He can't blame the players every game for the same thing. It, it's his responsibility to fix it. And to be honest, Wolves wasn't actually a terrible game. It, it wasn't one of those United games like like the defeat at Huddersfield or or Brighton or Spurs where you came, came away from it thinking like properly gutted and just disappointed. It, it just felt inevitable. The whole thing just feels stale and inevitable now. It, yeah. it just seems like we're kind of just waiting for him to be sacked. Yeah, exactly. No, just totally right. I think like I didn't actually watch the Wolves game um, as it as it was on because I had I was at like a an event or whatever, um, and and I remember checking my phone during it. And you know, even even going back to a couple of seasons ago when we still weren't weren't doing amazingly. If I saw United have a bad bad result, it'd be you know it'd be a shock, and my entire day would be ruined. And and while my day does still kind of get ruined by United getting a bad result, it's not there's not any kind of shock about it now. I actually I checked my phone at half time and I was actually more shocked to see that we were ahead at half time than I was to see that we drew at full time. <laughs> and yeah. and I think that says a lot about the mentality that United fans have at the moment. I don't think I would be the only one who was in that kind of situation where I was not surprised to see us have that kind of result. Because it seems like every single game, regardless of who we play, is almost a 50-50 chance of us winning. It just, that. To me, it just seems, it feels like a, an unsalvageable situation. I mean, here is Mourinho making the same mistakes and doing the same things that we've seen before again and again at Chelsea, at Real Madrid, at pretty much every club he's been at. He's got a history of falling out with players and, and turning fans against them. And, and I think it, it's very easy to fall for it because... Particularly with someone like Paul Pogba, but he's he's the same kind of person as as Eden Hazard or Diego Costa, who, who, if you're being told to dislike him, you, you could very easily dislike Paul Pogba. But 
I think some of the stuff he's doing is the kind of inflammatory comments he comes out with are stupid and annoying. But at the same time, it's so easy to fall for Mourinho's mind games, which instead of playing on other managers now, he plays on his own set of fans, which is what he did at Chelsea. He tried to make, I mean, I remember the the, the banner after Mourinho left, Mourinho got sacked. There was a banner saying Cesc, Costa and, and Hazard, the three snakes or something. And it's not just that that's the same as Chelsea. Mourinho in 2015 mm. says, clearly it's an attitude perspective of some individuals. And when you have individuals with that unstable attitude in terms of motivation, desire and commitment, you will pay. That's 2015 at Chelsea. Last two games against Wolves and, and Derby, he said pretty much the same thing. We need to match that level of, of aggression, motivation and desire. It's, it's all these same words coming back out. Motivation, desire, pride, aggression, attitude. It's It's all the same thing. And it just feels like it's now the Mourinho show. And, and and it's now, it's just boring to watch on and off the pitch. There's no great emotion anymore. It's just plodding along with the, with a boring team, playing boring football and getting average results at best. And, and look, like obviously we will, I think both of us have the same kind of attitude as most United fans who, who go to matches and stuff and, and aren't just Twitter-based United fans. And like we will support Mourinho until he goes, obviously, in the same way that we supported Moyes and Van Gaal until he goes. Yeah, absolutely. But if he goes for the first time, for the first time since in his three seasons at the club, I feel like if he was sacked tomorrow morning, it would be a relief in the same way it was with Moyes and Louis Van Gaal. And the sad thing is, even in the summer, I wouldn't have said that. But now it kind of feels like if he is sacked, it will be a weight off my shoulders. And that, I think that's when you know deep down inside you kind of want him to go. Yeah, a, a weight off, off your shoulders is the perfect way of putting it. I, I, I don't think that I can deal with Mourinho for another season in terms of having to put put your faith in him as a fan that he he is the man to get us out of of the trouble that we now find ourselves in I just can't see him doing that I can't see him being the one that is going to help you know help us progress back to to the top of the table and to to winning titles I think that for me like I there was still sort of whispers about this these kind of issues with Mourinho and rifts with players last season and although they were a bit smaller they st- they were still there but I think what what allowed a lot of United fans to to not trust him. It's probably not the right word, but I guess to not be Mourinho out quite as, quite as much as they are now is that there were legitimate signs of progress. All right, we didn't win any trophies last season, but we mm. came second in yeah. the league. We probably should have won the FA Cup, and it looked like since you know if you look at Mourinho's first two seasons since Van Gaal left. I would say we did progress in both of those seasons. All right, maybe not in the league in the first season, but I think we progressed as a team. We got ourselves back into the Champions League. Yeah. You know, there were signs that things were moving in the right direction. And then it was all on the summer and the start of and this season to take that next step and really get back to to where we where we want to be. And the fact that this is the point when we seem to have taken a step back and like fallen at this hurdle, it's just so frustrating because you can see that signs were there last season that we are capable, and even at times this season, that we are capable of of challenging teams like City and Liverpool and Chelsea at the moment. And yet, it just doesn't seem like Mourinho is the person to get to get that out of these players. If if there were, if we had an identity and if we had a a team that looked like they were actually sort of on the way to doing something, you know, I hate using the word projects in football because it gets just tossed around way too much. But if it if it did look like we were on sort of some sort of project going towards some endpoint, I would accept mediocre results in the meantime. 
but it just doesn't. It just seems like we've completely stagnated. We're just com- just standing still. It's like we take two steps forward, two steps back every single time. You know, we win two games, but then we draw to Wolves, draw to Derby, out of the League Cup now. Maybe our best chance of a trophy this season gone. And yeah. it feels like, what is it, six weeks into the season? It feels like our season is almost already over. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> what's, what's annoying is that, I mean, I'm doing it as well. It's just that United fans as a collective, we've kind of been pushing back expectations, giving Mourinho rope for the last two seasons. Because... Initially, when he came in, we said second season he should be challenging for the title. Did we challenge for the title? No, nineteen points off the title, um, nineteen points off City. Nowhere near. Never really looked like we were challenging past December. Then we said our third season. This is when he needs to challenge for the title. Yes, he probably should have been backed in the transfer market more, and we should have signed a centre back. We should have signed the right winger. And part of the blame, well, a lot of the blame lies on the board, but. At the same time, we've pushed it back. First, we pushed it back second season, yeah. and we pushed it back third season. Now we'll push it back to the fourth season. Oh, this is when we should be challenging for the title. It's, it's five or six transfer windows. What? And the, the thing is, even even with not signing the players you need, you know, I'll accept that. And and I and we've said that we don't blame Mourinho entirely for that, and we have some sympathy for him because of what happened in the summer. But to me, all that means is that okay, maybe we shouldn't have him. We we don't. We wouldn't necessarily have a team to be like running away with the league. It doesn't give us an excuse to be where. Where even are we in the table? Eighth at the moment. Wherever we are in the league at the moment, after like six or seven yeah. games. Okay, if you're the manager and you haven't been backed in the transfer market, it's your job to. Yes, I understood and I thought it was good that he kind of was going against the Glazers and against Edward Wood in the summer, and presenting this glum attitude to try and force them into something. As soon as the transfer market closes, we should have had the positive charm in Mourinho. And we maybe had him for a week and he disappeared as soon as we lost to Brighton. Once you don't get the players in the transfer market, then you have to start maximising yeah. the players at your disposable. Is Paul Pop- is stripping Paul Popper of the vice-captaincy going to maximise his potential? No. And yes, Paul Popper shouldn't be bigger than the club. But at the same time, suck it up for three months, four months, then try and sign someone else. You've, you've got to make better use of the players we have, of Anthony Martial, Rashford. Finally, we're seeing the, the, the best out of Luke Shaw, but it's taken three seasons at Mar- of, of Mourinho at United to see that. We've never seen the best of Martial. We've never seen the best of Rashford, of Pogba. Alexis yeah. Sanchez, Eric Bailly, Henrik Mkhitaryan, Victor Lindelof, all Mourinho signings, Romelu Lukaku, we've never seen the best of. And then you have to start questioning which players has he improved? Jesse Lingard, yes to an extent, but kind of, he, he now has reached his, his peak, it looks like, and his peak is a pretty good first-team player for Man United, possibly a squad player. He's improved maybe one player in his three seasons at United, and others very minimally. And his signing record is poor, his man management record is poor, first season trophies were good, results were not that amazing, to be honest. And now you're looking at, and th- I'll tell you what's, Different with Moyes and Van Gaal is Mourinho is dragging United through the mud in a way that Moyes and Van Gaal didn't. They, they as a pair, were just rubbish. Mourinho is, is genuinely taking United down uh, yeah, with him. I agree. With the Pogba stories, the Pogba uh, disputes and, and, and arguments and, and rumours of a fallout. Mourinho's comments on, on young players. Mourinho's comments on, on um, prestige in United's history. So everything he's doing is dragging United down with him. And we never had that with Moyes and Van Gaal. They were both just, just very poor at what they were doing. Yeah, the, the issue with Moyes and Van Gaal was, was results. 
and that that was it. And <laughs> as ridiculous as it sounds, like there was there was a point when I was uh, watching the derby game, and you almost, you almost wish for Van Hal back because the results are about the same as they are now. But at least we didn't have all this off-field stuff going on at the start uh, around it as well. We didn't have a rift between our best player or best outfield player and our manager. We didn't have the manager questioning the history of, of United. We didn't have the manager creating a new soundbite for the press to jump on every single day. Oh, actually, I guess we did with Van Hal, but they were funny soundbites rather than ridiculous soundbites. <laughs> it was him singing the Beatles rather than him talking about Instagram stories. In, exactly, in the or him getting the name of players wrong. Things like that, you know? Um, and, and at some point, I almost, I almost wished we had that back because the results are exactly the same. And at least with Van Hal, we had some fun and it felt like at the very least, the manager respected the club and, and what we stand for. It's it's just so frustrating knowing that Mourinho is there. And I, I think what makes it even more frustrating is that we know what he can or has produced in the past. Who knows if he still can produce it. But thinking about like the record-breaking seasons with Chelsea, the great seasons with Madrid, winning the Champions League with an Inter side and a Porto side, neither of whom really had the players to win those trophies. And yet, you look at what we're producing, and it's the complete opposite. We our our squad, I think, is second or third best in the league, and yet we're playing far far below the level that we can. And it, yeah, I think I think the biggest slight on Mourinho for me is how few players have improved since he's been here. There is no excuse for that as a manager because. You know, there's a difference between players having off days, which is inevitably going to happen during a season, like they do, like they do to any team, like they do to Liverpool, to City, to Chelsea, to us, to anyone. And there's a difference between that and just consistently never improving. And that is exactly what we've seen from probably every single player, bar Jesse Lingard, under Mourinho. It's also little things within the team. Obviously, on on a bigger picture. United haven't improved that much in terms of their style of play, etc. We don't look like we have an identity, but also just the little things. If you think about corners, he's been at the club for two and a half seasons and signed a number of players, and we still don't have a single player who can take a corner and not hit the first man. Yeah, It's just little things like that, and it, you just wonder what what is going on in training. We're, we're so busy focusing on, on the other team's strengths, and yet we still can't manage to nullify them. Um but we should we should talk about Pogba for a second because obviously we're recording this the day after the derby game. There's been Pogba's Instagram story, then a, then a not a bust up in training, but a, a harsh stare from Pogba towards Mourinho after Mourinho supposedly said something about that Instagram story. Um, if you haven't seen that, Pogba took an Instagram story of him laughing, which I mean, given the Old Trafford signal, he says he took before the game had finished, which is pretty much fine um, don't see anything particularly wrong with that he was with his mates with, with Shaw and a few others um, obviously Old Trafford signal is, is terrible so I don't think the story was uploaded until after the game but anyway Mourinho then asked one of his coaches when Pogba put up this story and Pogba walks past it and kind of stares at Mourinho and, and they have a uh, exchange a few words which Mourinho seems to say get out Paul or, or take Paul home or something and the thing is with Pogba is we, we have to ask is he a disruptive player and I, I don't think the answer is yes. I'm fairly sure Pogba is is not that kind of player. Um, there was no feeling of that at Juventus, even when he was pining for for a move to either Man United or Real Madrid. There's was no feeling of that at United in his first two seasons, and no feeling of that actually in in his 
first spell at United as a teenager. He left without much of a fuss. Fergie never said anything against Pogba as a person or as a player. It was only against his agent, Mina Rowler, who is obviously a, a, a terrible influence. He's a, similar to Paul Stretford, who was Wayne Rooney's agent, kind of pushing him to move to Man City for, so, so the agent can have a big payday. And I feel 100% confident in saying that Pogba would stay and have success with the right manager and the right style of football because he seems happy in Manchester. Everyone says that. He just doesn't seem happy with Mourinho. And therefore, it, you, you have to lay the blame on, on, on the manager who isn't getting the best and isn't allowing him to, to enjoy his football at Man United. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. I don't see Pogba as the kind of player to, to disrupt a team and to disrupt sort of a group a group of players and to try and force a move. He didn't do that at Juventus. I don't think he's ever he's ever done that at United. And everything that he's said this season, some of which I think was very silly and very ill-judged. To be fair though, a lot of it has been pretty spot on, you'd have to say in what in what he's been saying. Um but even even disregarding that, I just think as you said Pogba seems happy at the club. He, but he just doesn't seem happy with, with the manager and the current situation. And as I've said many times before on this podcast, for me, if it comes down to a choice between Pogba and Mourinho, I'm choosing Pogba because I see Pogba as far more important to the future of this club than Mourinho. At the moment, with this group of players, if we lose Pogba, I think we really, really struggle as a, as a, as a team. Well, it, it's not just that. I mean... If Pogba was the only issue, fine, get rid of Pogba. But it's not like Pogba is putting a cloud on this great Manchester United yeah, team yeah. or winning week in, week out. Without Pogba, we lost the championship side Derby County. Yeah. It's not as if removing Pogba is going to make the situation good. It won't. It would mean United have one less world-class player in their side, one of only two in Pogba and De Gea, and you still have all the other issues that Mourinho is carrying with him. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Pogba is not... Pogba, Pogba and Mourinho together is the issue. I, Pogba himself is not, I don't think, the, the 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 issue that's making making these things come up. And it really it really annoys me when I see all the British press talking about Pogba's terrible attitude, basically just because he he likes the he likes to care about the way that he dresses. He likes to have fun and he does silly dances when he scores. Is effectively the only reason why the press question his attitude, and yet. There until now, there's starting to be some now. Actually, it looks like, but until now, there hasn't really been a huge questioning of Mourinho's attitude and the way that he's treating the players. It's just kind of accepted that whatever Mourinho says should go, with that almost without questioning what he's actually. If doing. If you are Ed Woodward, and you're looking in a, in Mourinho style, you're looking at playing the odds. So you get rid of of Paul Pogba, you have Mourinho. The likelihood is Mourinho fails and is sacked by United within it within a year or two, even if Pogba goes. You get rid of Mourinho and possibly Pogba works. If he doesn't, you sell him and buy a replacement who, who suits the new manager. For me, there is only one logical option in the debate between who goes out of Pogba and Mourinho. And it's not that one player is bigger than the club because actually I think Mourinho was right to remove Pogba as vice-captain because of his comments. What Pogba said... He said United should attack, attack at home and, and that we weren't playing with enough intensity. And then, to be fair, if you read the whole interview, he, then, he says Mourinho, maybe Mourinho is right, etc. So it wasn't kind of the interview that was completely going against Mourinho, as some people made it out to be. But I think he was right. But 
Pogba is, is a Man United player and was vice captain. He's not a, a United fan writing a blog or on a podcast like ourselves. So he, he shouldn't be coming out with that. He should just get on with it, particularly in a time when he's under a lot of scrutiny. And we've said this a lot. Pogba just doesn't seem to get that while he's under scrutiny, he shouldn't be saying stuff like this. Or maybe he does seem to get it. Amina Rayola certainly gets it and certainly knows what he's doing. But I think Mourinho was, was right in terms of, of principle to get rid of Pogba as a vice-captain. But the way he's gone about it and the fact that he's done it at this time when there, there are other other rumours and the fact he's now kind of... He knew that the media were there at that training session and deliberately said something so that the cameras would catch it. That much is obviously... He's not going to miss the fact that Sky cameras are there. So the way that he's handled it is poorly. And it's classic of Marino. His man management is terrible and has been at United for, for quite a while. So that's that's the problem. What Pogba said is is accurate, but he shouldn't have said it. Um, just just on the other games, I also thought uh, Romelu Lukaku is is the only other issue before we go to youth alone and 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 also give you an update on the women. Actually, oh, I watched, I went to their game this week. But the only other thing I noticed from Wolves and Derby, and it's kind of been a recurring theme, is that Romelu Lukaku has now missed probably six or seven big big chances this season already. Yeah. And and you do have to question him. I I was thinking about this while I was I was kind of preparing for this episode and thought no other club would have spent seventy five million, potentially going up to ninety million on Romelu Lukaku. And I, th- I think it's pretty safe to say that there's no other club in the world that would have spent that much on Lukaku. No, probably not. I I, I think you're right. But I I the thing that gets me about Lukaku as well is he he has not started the season well at all and it's so frustrating because in the world cup and at the end of last season he looked so good and he did actually to be fair to him look like he was turning into a 75 million 90 million pound striker he was playing at that kind of level and this season he's gone back to not being able to bring people into play his link up play is poor again and the icing on the cake is that the one thing that we were assured of when he signed and what he's proved over the last 3 or 4 years that he's a great finisher even that isn't happening at the moment. He's missed, like you said, so many big chances this season. The one against Derby was up there for the worst of the lot. He seems to be very indecisive when he gets into the box. There was the one again. I can't remember. It might have been. Uh, I can't remember who it was against. Now, I think it might have been Burnley, um, where he went through and he he had uh, he was one on one with Joe one-on-one Hart. One on one with the keeper, yeah. Yeah, and he tried to go round Hart, and then um, the Burnley yeah, defender remember... got got back and slide tackled him. I remember us talking about that. He did it against Burnley, and I think he did it against um, whoever we played, Watford, as well. I think there's, there's been a few similar chances where you thought, just take the shot early yeah. before the defender catches up with you. And there was a. Well, and even, and even, even the, one, the chance against Derby last night, the defender very nearly caught up. To, I thought it was going to happen again. Yeah. And he ended up just putting it wide. Yeah. And it, I just thought. This is a this is a, a a very good striker and an amazing striker for Everton, but for Man United he he is not, and I don't think will ever be anywhere near the likes of Premier League winning strikers at Man United. I'm not going to list names because obviously he's not Ruud van Nistelrooy, obviously he's not Wayne Rooney, but even the backup strikers at United, I don't think I think Lukaku would be a great second striker at United, one of those Premier League title-winning sides. He isn't. And then you start looking at, at the whole squad. Pogba is a possible title winner, but isn't even guaranteed to get in some of United's best ever teams. De Gea would get in every team, possibly beaten by Schmeichel in the in the 90s. Um, but De Gea is, is kind of the only certainty for those 2,000 teams. There, there's no other player you think would, would probably get in. Lukaku wasn't, 
we've always had better strikers than him in title-winning sides. Pogba mm. probably would, but it's, it's not certain, and De Gea would. And it just you just think United have quality, but it isn't it isn't completely unquestionable quality. Anyway, we must move on um, to talk about the the youth teams. Another good week for 16-year-old Mason Greenwood as he hit double figures for the season after just seven games for the under-18s. He netted twice and United won 4-3 for the second consecutive game in the under-18 Premier League, beating West Brom this time. The other two goals came from Aliou Traore and Brandon Williams. The under-23s faced Middlesbrough and won 2-0 thanks to goals from Josh Bowie and Tahith Chong. Chong scoring a beautiful free kick uh, to put United ahead. Meanwhile, Greenwood, Jimmy Garner and DJ Buffon trained with United's first team on Wednesday. In low news, James Wilson netted on his home debut for Aberdeen. He's suffered with injuries this season, but scored very early on in that game for Aberdeen. Joel Pereira, Dean Henderson, Kieran O'Hara and Demi Mitchell all played the full games for their respective sides at the weekend, as well as Cameron Borthwick-Jackson, Timothy Fossimensa and young goalkeeper Jacob Carney. Matty Willock was a late sub for St Mirren and Axel Twanzebet was an unused sub for Aston Villa in two games during the week. Um, and yeah, I went to my first United's women's game at the weekend of the season. It was it was much, much more enjoyable than watching the men. They won 5-0 at London Bees. Uh, very nice seeing United score some goals and, and playing some, some nice football and kind of dominating a team. Uh, but yeah, they're doing very well in the uh, Women's Super League 2 or the Championship or whatever you call it. I think they've scored 20 goals in three games and conceded zero. So um, United chose to go in, in the Championship because they've got quite a young team. Uh, young women's team and, and thought it would be better to kind of get them used to playing with each other before they face like the big guns of Chelsea, Arsenal, City etc but they are absolutely ripping it up in the championship so far uh, now West Ham Saturday 12.30 kickoff. The I, th- I think this is probably goes down as the worst of the standard kickoffs. Friday night is pretty bad but this this is kind of the more regular one which is just a pain in the arse prediction it's tough to be, to be optimistic about it um, <laughs> yeah I hope we're going to be able to bounce back, but something tells me that we're not going to be able to. I'll go for a very similar to the Wolves game, one all draw. One all draw. Yeah, I I was I was very tempted to go that, but I just didn't want to kind of put that misery upon myself. I feel like I feel like after two poor games, there must be some kind of reaction, but. Having seen Mourinho at Chelsea in his third season, that, that I could be being too optimistic. So I've gone, I've gone two one. Um, I did have one. I, I just I was just reading something before we started recording on uh, from the Price of Football. I think it's a, I think Price of Football blog or something. You were looking at United's finances because they released them for the twenty seventeen eighteen season uh, last year, and there was a, an interesting stat which I kind of thought just demonstrated the inefficiencies of our of our football directors it said since selling Cristiano Ronaldo in 2009 United have only made 86 million profits from player sales in the subsequent nine years City have made City have made more than that in the last three years and Liverpool exceeded that from the sale of Coutinho last season so we sold Ronaldo for around 86 million or 80 million in 2009 and since then in the last in the nine years since then we've only made as much as we did from that single sale um, which shows why, even though we are a very rich club, perhaps we haven't spent as much as we could have done in in certain transfer windows. Anyway, we'll, we'll leave you on that boring financial stat before having, having had a, a, a very negative episode about very stupid things. Um, 
where both Mourinho, Pogba, Woodward and, and pretty much everyone else at the club is, is at fault for something. Anyway, thank you for listening, as always, to uh, the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. What is this? Series 4, Episode 7. For more from us in the week before the West Ham game and after the West Ham game, you can follow Jack on Twitter at... At UTD Tate, T-A-I-T. And you can follow me at at HiRobinson64 and the podcast itself at UTD Weekly Pod. That's P-O-D at the end there. Thanks for listening as always. Have a great week. Goodbye. Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.